Hey everybody, welcome back to Naturally Supernatural. I hope you guys enjoyed our last episode with Devin Roberts. If you guys do want to connect with him, you guys can head on over to naturallysupernatural.life and I've linked his website there. But today we have a new guest on the seat today. We have, yes. drum roll, <laughs> we have Mr. Justin Froelich. Mr. Justin, how are you guys doing? Welcome, Hello. welcome. Thank you for coming on. Glad We're to excited. be here. So... Would you tell the audience who you are exactly? And just tell, share a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Justin Froelich and um, I currently work as the Director of Charitable Giving for British Columbia at Trinity Western University. Sweet. And I am married uh, to my wife, Victoria, and we live in Langley. And we have two young boys, Fraser and Cohen, who are Aww. four and six. Aww. No way. Tender yeah. age. I have a four-year-old daughter too. Oh, do you? I do. It's a fun age. It, <laughs> it could be a little hectic oh. at times, but uh, that's yes. quite the, the age age range. Yeah, but no, they're a blessing, and uh, come on, I'm missing them right now. They're up at uh, up up at the lake with their mom, Aww. so I'm gonna go visit with them tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. So, can you tell us a little bit how you actually met Pastor Tom? For those of you who don't know, actually, Justin is friends with Pastor Tom, and that's yes. how we have we have him as a guest today. Yeah, I was thinking about that on my on my drive here today. So I I think I met uh, Pastor Tom about five years ago, and wow. it was through a mutual friend. His name's mm-hmm. Sandy Alexander. Oh, okay. And yeah. um, uh, I went and visited uh, visited him when he was uh, running Organica, mm-hmm. and I got the whole tour of the <laughs> of the factory and how they, it was amazing. And the I immediately was just um, amazed with Pastor Tom and his zeal for God and the ministry. And and I think this other huge health product business he had <laughs> was just kind of <laughs> on the side, you know? He was a, you could tell that this this guy was a minister mm. and I, uh, I just love visiting with him. I mm. felt inspired every time I left uh, after my meetings with him and yeah. I've just touched base with him. Uh, over the last five years, oh, wow. and uh, they've been uh, a blessing to my, not just myself but the university. They've mm. they've donated uh, equipment to our science programs, and they've helped yeah. uh, sponsor uh, student scholarships. Wow. And they're just uh, just an amazing family, and uh, just learned to love these guys. They're great. <laughs> they're great. We love them too. Yeah. It so beginning with. I guess now that we know how you've actually met Pastor Tom, mm-hmm. I kind of want to know a little bit more about you and kind of your journey to your faith. I know how you just had mentioned how you've kind of been inspired by Pastor Tom's zeal mm-hmm. for God and whatnot. But for you, how how was it? How did it start off with getting to know Jesus and your faith? Well, I grew up in a Christian family and, um, you know, started going to church at a very young age and um, things things during, I guess around those youth group years, mm-hmm. becoming into my adolescent and young teenage years, I just, I started to see a few things that happened in the church that I was mm-hmm. particularly going to. And mm-hmm. um, I started to get an angry heart or a bitter heart <laughs> mm-hmm. towards the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And church was not a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. My dad, you know, he was a uh, uh, German, old German guy and was very stern. And, um, you know, if we would screw around in church a little bit, he'd take <laughs> us out back and give us a spank on the bum. And yeah. so 
Yeah. So I think growing up from an early age, I know who Jesus was and mm-hmm. I believe that I experienced Christ at a young age, mm-hmm. but then, um, I think Satan's plan was to just pull me away from the church. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, as I've grown older, I realized that the church wasn't really the issue. It was people that were the issue. And, Come on. and I've, wow. I, I think a lot of people who are maybe even listening to this is Sometimes we have um, negative experiences with the church, but it's not really the church. It's just mm. people. Right. We have people problems, yeah. and we'll have people problems wherever we go. <laughs> and um, I had to learn how to separate that. that yeah. This isn't exactly the church. Mm. This is just a, uh, a particular incident that, mm-hmm. I've, that I've happened with this one uh, individual. But something happened. Uh, uh, I won't go into f- full details about that, but something happened with one of the pastors at that church. Mm. And... I remember it was a very pivotal time around 13, 14 years old as I was kind of learning how to make decisions. And I just, I got turned off from the church because Mm -hmm. of that experience. And I just started down this pathway of um, rebellion, I guess, Mm -hmm. and looking for acceptance through other things. And and I just started taking this this path away from God and it just got worse and worse and worse. Wow, this is like high school days or? Yeah, so I went to private school, um, and then in high school, my two siblings were at a public school local by. Um, mm. But I think um, the way I was um, kind of acting out, they f- they figured that sending me to a public school is probably going to make it even worse. Mm. So they sent me to a private school, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I went I went through uh, private school, and um, I kind of my journey just kind of kept going down this weird path mm. and. And just became darker and darker, and and that's where I started getting into drugs. Mm. And um, once uh, I had graduated, um, you know, once I was able to start legally drinking, I was already drinking beforehand, mm, yeah. but uh, drinking really took a hold of me. Mm. And um, I would say by my early twenties, I was already a borderline alcoholic, wow. and and using drugs quite like every day. Wow. So. Um, so then I had these also during that time, I also had these times where God was trying to pull me back in. <laughs> um, I had a, I had a one experience that happened when I was 21 years old as I got in a very bad car accident mm-hmm. no at, at uh, one in the morning, I was driving home from a friend's house and a car had pulled a U-turn in front of me. And the um, long story short is the driver was killed wow. and the, um, the passenger had suffered brain damage. Wow. And that was at 21 and that just ruined me inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know, I didn't know how to process it. I wasn't following the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how to lean on him during that time. So the only thing I knew was drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And, and so what happened was it just got worse. Right. And so I started getting into methamphetamines and um, uh, uh, then uh, a good a close girlfriend of mine, she ended up going to rehab and then I was able to get out of the methamphetamines. Mm-hmm. And then um, all during this time, I was able to work and kind of keep mm-hmm. steady work. And um, I was, I'm still amazed how I was able to keep that all together, but um, it just got worse and worse and worse up to uh, 29 years old. Um, I was now a cocaine addict. I was an alcoholic. Oh. And I remember driving home one night from work and I told myself, I told myself, because what I would do is I always would pick up alcohol after work and then mm-hmm. I'd go home and drink by myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling myself that day before I gave into work, I said, I'm not going to buy alcohol today. Wow. I said, I'm not doing it. 
And sure enough, after work, I found myself in the liquor store and I was, <laughs> and I was driving home and I remember driving home and I was disappointed in myself. And I'm mm. like, and that's when I've had the first really realism of, I have a serious problem mm. that I can't wow. fix. And my family knew I had a alcohol problem. They didn't know I had a drug problem. And then at 29 years old, I had a, uh, I just one weekend, it just went off the rails. I, um, I, I don't even remember much of the weekend, to be honest. And, wow. and what happened was this, I had a, I had an intervention, just like you see on the shows, you know, <laughs> and it, it wasn't fun, my sister and uh, something really bad happened. Mm -hmm. And um, I won't go into full details about that, mm -hmm. but it got to the point where my sister and my mom knocked on the back door and, mm -hmm. uh, no. and they said, you need to get help. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said, uh, it's funny, I, the way I, I took from that conversation was they said either get help or get lost. Wow. When I talk to them about this today, they still say, no, that wasn't really how we were, <laughs> we how we were saying it, but mm -hmm. that's the way I received it. Oh. Wow. And the most powerful thing what happened to me is when my sister told me, and I had two, two young, uh, she had two kids, mm -hmm. uh, my niece and nephew. And that, at that time they were younger. And she said, Justin, I don't even want you around your uh, niece, niece and nephew, nephew. anymore because of who you are. And I remember hearing that and I didn't have any emotion, but I just had tears running down my cheeks. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I kind of felt like it's hard for me to talk about this right now because yeah. it's, it was one of the toughest things to hear is that I've ruined my life so bad mm. that my sister doesn't even want me to be around my mm. niece and nephew. These two young innocent little kids. Mm. And so they said, you either get help or get lost. And that's how I took it that day. And so I finally said, well, well what do you want me to do? And they said, well, we found this re rehab place we want you to go to. Mm. And so I had figured, okay, it'll be a, a quick... Um, <laughs> In and out. Uh, 30 day program mm -hmm. or something. And they said, no, it's a one year program. Wow. <laughs> and I, you know, <laughs> I threw a fit. That's a big jump from 30 days yeah. to one year. And then they said, uh, you're going to quit your job. You're going to go there. And wow. this is what we're offering you. Mm -hmm. And I said, so I started, you know, thinking about it. But I knew I needed help. I knew I needed serious intervention in my life. And then they said, no, there's no smoking at this place. Wow. I said, oh, that was another thing I was struggling with. <laughs> But then I finally came to the, like, I, I knew I wanted to get help and I figured, well, if I'm going to get clean, I'm going to get clean in every area of my life. I'm mm. not going to smoke. I'm not going to drink. Yeah, I'm yes. not going to do anything. I figure if I'm going to go hard one way, I'm going to go hard go the other way. way. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. So I went to this place called Wagner Hills Farm and mm. it's a Christian place in um, just outside of Fort Langley. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's on a 40 acre farm. And I got dropped off there on August 8th, 2008. So wow. it was the eighth day of the eighth, eighth month of the eighth year. And in the Bible, the number eight represents right. new beginnings. Right. Wow. So, and I didn't know that at this time, right? Yeah. But I just, you know, as I tell you the stories, God just had, had a plan for my life and I had mm. no idea. Mm. So I went there and I didn't want to be there at first, like I think a lot of people. Mm. And after about a month of being there, um, there was an incident that happened between me and an older fellow at the farm. And he was an older fellow, and he was a part of the, uh, he was a part of an old biker gang in, um, in Edmonton, mm. and he he was a big guy. Like mm. this is the guy you wouldn't want to mess with. Mm. <laughs> I mean, and biker sure, gang. <laughs> yeah, and sure enough, so he kind of I don't know what he had it out for me, but he kind of singled out on me one day, and mm. I remember walking away, and I found these steps on the side of this one building, and I went by myself, and I just bawled. Mm. I just cried and I had such anger inside me. I wanted to kill this guy. Mm. Like in my heart, I wanted yeah. to kill this yeah. guy. 
And I finally said, I said, God, either fix me or kill me. Mm. These are my only two things that I want. I just want this to end or I want this to get better. And so that Sunday they had a service and um, um, I believe it was September 7, 2000. It was about a month after I, res- or I arrived there. And they had a service down below and they asked if, if there was anyone that wanted to give their life to Christ that day. And I just mm. jumped up out of my seat. I don't even know why. <laughs> wow. And I felt like I was like lifted, lifted. up out of my seat. <laughs> and I went forward and I said, the heck with it. Wow. I'm going to... I'm just going to give it a try. And um, they said, open up your hands. So I opened up my hands. And then they got a bunch of people around me and started praying over me, praying that uh, the Holy Spirit would come upon me. Mm. And then that's when that's what it all happened. Um, God touched me that day and showed me he was real and in that exact moment. And I can't, I can't describe it. I... I still, I've told this story probably a thousand times and I don't know how to feel it, but it was like I was drinking from a fire hose and I was being mm. flushed out. Wow. And at the same time, this overwhelming power came over me and mm. it was so, um, so real <laughs> that I began to fall mm. and they mm. caught me. Come on. And I began to, oh, I began to wave them off. Yeah. And for someone who lived for drugs and feeling something, mm-hmm. this was too much. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was waving them off like, no, I can't. This is this is too much for yeah. me right now. I feel like a thousand needles have been put in me of mm. adrenaline, or I don't know what it was, but it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so from after that, for the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours, it was like I was in this zone, <laughs> and. <laughs> All I had was life in me and Come joy, on. and I, I was delivered that day. Wow. Come on. 100%. Jesus. And I knew right then that God was real, and he showed me he was real, and that all I had to do was just trust him. So I, so I made that promise. I mm-hmm. said, you know, and I, I, maybe I forgot this part, but I said, you know, if you can fix me, I, I'm yours. Mm-hmm. If, if you can fix me, my broken disaster of a life, I'm yours. You can do whatever you want with me. Mm. And that was kind of, I think God, he probably <laughs> chuckles because he probably gets this a lot from people, you know. The funny thing, you, you weren't like, e- refine me. You yeah. weren't even praying at that time, yeah. but you're actually yeah. praying. Like here yeah. I am, I'm trying to, I'm an addict trying to bar- barter with God. <laughs> with God. You know, I think a lot of people do that in their, in their desperate times. Mm. And I felt like, you know, the passage where that person reached out just to grab his robe and yes. was healed. That's and that it. was like it for me. Um, so I, I went through that program. It wasn't easy. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard mm-hmm. dealing with your stuff. Mm. Withdrawals. Yeah. Uh, withdrawals actually wasn't the bad part. It was for about the first 30 days was the worst. Mm. But after that, it was more in the mind. Right. You know, wow. thinking about it. Yeah. But um, um, it just got better and better and easier and easier. But so I graduated and then I went to Bible college. And um, wow. I started uh, doing, I uh, went to Pacific Lake Bible College and started doing some counseling. Nice. And I figured I was going to help youth. And you'll get that a lot with ex addicts. Mm. They figured uh, a lot of them, when you've been healed, you just want to, you want others to oh, feel that. Yeah. And uh, so I went through that and it was a crazy intense program. <laughs> and um, uh, I, uh, it was two years packed into one year. I went wow. in every day for six hours. Oh my. And um, God got me through that. And I thought I wasn't going to be able to do it, but he got me through that. 
And then I started, um, I went to a church and I knew uh, when I got out of rehab that I needed to get connected to a church right away. And that mm-hmm. was going to be one of the things that I would do to occupy myself, to yeah. keep myself busy. Keep so, I, so I got involved with a church called Southgate uh, Church in Langley mm-hmm. and I started working with their youth and that was a good thing. I met met people. And I actually met my wife there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother long story, long. but I'll, I'll say it real quick. Praise God. So I walked in to that service and I looked up and she was on stage uh, singing. Wow. And she was worshiping. And I remember in that exact moment, I looked at her and I said, God, that's the kind of woman I want. <laughs> that I want a woman that, Thank you, that just loves you and worships you. Wow. And this was the complete opposite of women I used to like. <laughs> right. And little did I know that was the woman I'd marry. Come on. Yeah, it's crazy. Spot just, on. Yeah, just story after story, God just began to open these doors to me. Mm. So then I start going and I start working for a recovery center. Um, sorry, recovery church that was started in Langley. Yes. And it grew like crazy in 2008, 2009. Mm. And all these addicts and ex-addicts were coming to mm. the service and getting saved. And no one cared if they were smoking out front. And <laughs> our lead pastor at that time, our senior pastor, Brent Canlon, he'd smell cigarettes outside. And he says, you smell that, guys? And we'd be like, what's that? Because that's the smell of the Holy Spirit <laughs> Pastor coming. Brent. Yeah. So the, our church was awesome. They really accepted these people. And, and, wow. and when you do that, you know, you're going to have issues. And we did. Mm-hmm. And we had to deal with those. But um, so I, I just, I got in, involved in that. And then um, my boss my that I was working for there, he went back and became the executive director of Wagner Hills Farm. Oh, wow. And there was some... Um, there was some stuff that was going on there. Uh, you know, no place is perfect. Mm. And, you know, no church is perfect either. Yeah. And then he asked me, he says, hey, do you want to come and work for me there and um, help me, you know, let's let's take this place to the next level. So I prayed about it and I said, okay, I'm going to go back to the rehab center <laughs> that I went through. Went and through. I went there and I worked there for five years and it wow. was an amazing experience. Come on. And um, God just blessed us in, in our work and being able to grow it and build new buildings and redesign websites mm-hmm. and all this stuff and really um, just up our game and helping people. <laughs> and then that's when I was recruited to Trinity Western. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. And I got a message one day. And the, the beauty of it is that I walked through it with my boss at the time. Mm. Wow. I said, this is what's happening. I want to be completely open and in front with you. Mm-hmm. And he walked beside me the whole time. He says, Justin, I hope you don't go. But he says, if God's calling you to go, yeah. You got to go. Mm-hmm. Come on. So I took a few months and then finally I just felt like God was saying, I'm taking you to the to another level and it's going to be hard. Come on. And um, I was scared. Mm. I didn't think I'd fit in and um, I just trusted in God. And so he took me there and I, and I was in front of a panel interview <laughs> and I told my story. I just figured, you know what? I'm going to, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And Come on. <laughs> I think one of the people was quite mm. taken back at my story and was like, Who's, who found who, this guy? Who got him <laughs> like, here? why is this guy here right now? And so I had a meeting with the president of the university at that time, wow. Bob, Bob Kuhn. They sent me to meet with the president one-on-one. And I asked around and they said, that never usually happens. Happen. Yeah. So I was sitting outside the office a week later for this meeting and I was just praying about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna change my story. This is who I am, mm-hmm. and I'm not. A, and if it doesn't work out, I don't care. Yeah. I love it. I love what I do. Come on. And so I met with um, the president, Bob Kuhn. I shared my story. We had a great conversation. The next day, they offered me a job. Come on. So I, yes. I prayerfully walked through that, and it was hard to leave. I, I mm. 
but I knew God was calling me. So anyways, I've, I've been working there till now, till present, and it's, it'll be about five years come November that I've worked at Trinity wow. Western. And uh, it's been an incredible ride. I love what I do. I get to see these young people <laughs> coming. And I almost, someone asked me that, like, what do you love the most mm -hmm. about mm. working at Trinity? It's like, I wasted my young life away mm -hmm. and I kind of missed out on, and I kind of get to relive my True. young wow. years by just, uh, working alongside so um and seeing all these young people and getting into ministry and god's shaping them and mm -hmm. to go out and to be ministers in the marketplace wow. is just i love it and so my primary job i do at the university is i raise money towards scholarships mm. um, to help offset students costs yeah and um and then raise for special projects around That's the university awesome. yeah oh my gosh i'm blown away to be <laughs> honest i'm like you know as somebody who used like i Back, well, I went to nursing school, and so my schedule wasn't aligning with our church's service. Yeah. And so I would go to recovery church. And I just love the atmosphere there. Like, I'm not one who has gone through the same things. You that went you there? I used to go there. The one yeah. in Langley? Yes. Get out of here. CLA, yeah. No way. And I, I loved it. Like, it was a different vibe. I mean, the same way that you had said earlier or shared earlier about how it's not the church per se that has the issue. It's a people thing, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. And going there and people having, you know, their preconceived notions mm -hmm. regarding people who are struggling with, you know, addictions or substance use, going there, it felt free. You know, I would meet some of the guys that are in the recovery homes and especially the ladies from Wagner. And I remember them would always, they would always invite me to sit beside them and, you know, try to hear out my story thinking I was, you know, somebody that was also in recovery. But, you know, for me, I was more excited to hear their story. Yeah. And some of them are just incredible. Yeah. Hey. And it just blows my mind away. I'm like, you know, a lot of people, you know, discount them off sometimes and you don't mm. really realize the story that actually comes out of that. Yeah. You know, you can never put, you know, a period to where God has just put a comma. Yeah. And just to hear your story, I'm like, it's so true about the nude beginnings. You know, there's so much, I was just Googling what number eight means biblically and it's new, it's a new, new beginnings, new yeah. beginnings bright future, and mm -hmm. there's hope. Yeah. And I'm like, that's exactly mm -hmm. what Justin's sharing about. You know, yeah. a lot of people nowadays don't have hope. And, you know, to hear your story, it's like, wow, you know, you can never underestimate anybody or underestimate what God can do in somebody. Oh. And, you know, I've learned my lesson too. When I was working at Wagner Hills, you'd see a guy come in and say, oh, this guy, man, this guy's going to make it. Mm. And then he would mm. fall back into yeah. addiction. And then there's the guy, you're like, oh, this guy, never, yeah. he's never going to make it. And these are the thoughts that go through your head. And then you see them, God's just mm. transformed. Yeah. And, you know, God, uh, the best part about working at, Wagner Hills and at Recovery Church mm -hmm. is that the message is so simple. Mm -hmm. It's about Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's not like I think some the, some of the most frustrating things I can see is um, is that some of the guys that would come in through our program who are raised in the church, mm -hmm. the theology they go right. they can go mm -hmm. you can go down rabbit holes, right. yeah, and and really you start to lose it. And and we would always bring it back and say it was all about the cross. Mm -hmm. What Jesus did for you, come on, and everything else you learn is a bonus. Mm. Yeah, and you know it talks about um, you know uh, young Christians as as drinking spiritual milk, and then <laughs> as they grow, you know, they like the, meat. the meat, and and you you can't force so much on these people mm. at one time. It's just 
you show them, you introduce them to the Holy Spirit and you just let the Holy Spirit yeah. work mm. because they um, have a lot of guards they'll put up and mm. they'll get easily offended or want to back off. Yeah. And so uh, we really changed the methodology of how we approached people there. And we just did it all in love and compassion and, and that God has a heart. I was just telling Pastor Tom when I was meeting him before this, that God has a heart and, and a compassion for the underdog. Mm -hmm. He wants, yeah. you know, he talks about leaving the 99 and going for the one. And, you know, yes. uh, I have that in my heart as well. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I, I love to root for the underdog now. And um, because God loves them so much. The disciples were and the what? underdogs. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you read about people, if you, you just read the New Testament and look who Jesus hung out with. He yeah. went to tax collectors and prostitutes, mm. people, they were outcasts in yeah. society. Misfits. Yeah. And even even the disciples weren't, yeah. you know? <laughs> Absolutely. They were rough around the edges, oh, yeah. but he took ordinary people and loved them and showed compassion on them. You, and so he can use any single person. Yeah. You mm -hmm. mentioned transformation and I want to ask you a question on that. And before I do that, I want to go back to that very encounter that you had at mm. Wagner Hills. Mm -hmm. Yes. In the moment you were sharing that, I was just sitting here. I'm trying to compose myself because I was about to tear because <laughs> anybody that had encountered the Lord in mm. that way, where there's, there's always going to be invitation. Around us, there's always that invitation to, yeah. to submit mm. and get to know this living God that changes things. Mm -hmm. And as you're sharing that that moment earlier with us, I really feel like this is the very thing that in the church today, the way we preach the gospel today, it's the presence of God mm. that changes people. And you yeah. know, you, you, at one point you were trying to describe that feeling or that encounter but it was just, just no words because yeah. you know, you're overwhelmed by his yeah. love, by his- Yeah, well, sense. let me tell you about another experience that happened there because you know, I, I had gone through counseling and I had talked right. to doctors For and hours. nothing worked. Mm. And I remember on each, every Friday they had worship. Well, they would have worship a few times, but Friday's particular, I don't, I can't remember why, but it was a Friday worship. <laughs> and I remember we were singing, I, can, uh, I, I can't remember the song right now, but tears just began to mm -hmm. flow down my cheeks. Mm -hmm. And God spoke to me during a 30 minute worship mm -hmm. time. I had more healing done <laughs> than in all the other Come stuff on. combined. Four hour session Just or through singing and worship. Come That's on. it. And God spoke to me that day and told me that the storm was over. Come, Come on. And um, wow. I just was had so much joy and that I was forgiven and that mm. these, you know, didn't mean that storms weren't gonna come up mm -hmm. again, but mm -hmm. that big storm, <laughs> that category five hurricane, <laughs> whatever it was, like it, yeah. it was done. Come on. And yeah. I just, I tell people about that, you know, like, so worship is a huge mm. part is that God can minister to people and Holy Spirit can minister to people yes. in so mm. many different ways. And I think we just gotta, sometimes we just gotta, uh, let us remove ourselves from the situation and just let God do the yeah. work and, and just pray. A, and you that's, know, <laughs> that's the best part too, where there's submission into that. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that's, it's, it's not a, it's not a one, one way thing that you got to do where God will just come in and touch you. Yeah. There's also that respond in each one's heart to, you know what, like, you know, how, how you, boil it all down, either fix me now or kill me. Yeah. 
you know, pick, pick, pick what you want to pick. But in that, I just see that overflowing grace of the Lord, even as you, mm. how you have met, pointed out to that woman that now is your, wife, your wife. And just to be able to be part of a community now where you, the, the ones that you, you missed back when you were young, you're able to you're able to experience them now and even more redemption more yeah. if yeah. anything truly a power a powerful story of restoration yeah. and uh, redemption and i and i believe mm. that when people he- hear this story and it's so it's so crazy because you know we're usually back and forth when we do this but we're just sitting here and like yeah <laughs> in awe yeah go, go on I, just i yeah. hogged the mic didn't i <laughs> no i love no, it. <laughs> it, it it's it's something that yeah something that we need because stories like this were we, we this is testimony yeah as much as is as much as we want to encourage people mm-hmm. at the end of the day story that 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 leads people into transformation that's mm-hmm. what we want and i going back to what i was going to ask you about transformation yeah. in 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 the areas experience that you had prior to this what do you think are some of the most some of the hindrance sometimes hindrances when it comes to to fully stepping into that well, for, I think for me, it was about surrendering. Mm. That's it. And I think a lot of us don't want to surrender certain things in life, whether it's um, possessions or relationships, um, our own our own personal will. Mm. I mean, I I still struggle with some of those mm. things. And I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. I'll speak candidly and open about that. Like, you know, I, I can get sidetracked sometimes, but then I always go back to that day when God touched me, and I mm. go, no. No, that that new car, that new house isn't going to make me happy. Right. Mm. You know, only the, there's, there's uh, we uh, the only thing that's going to fill that empty hole in my life is God, mm. and that, you know, for anyone listening here to this podcast, is all I can say is that sometimes in your darkest hours, that's sometimes our closest times mm. with God. Yeah. Yes, and that's when we. It's you know, it's funny. Like even myself, like I feel like. I don't, I, I almost get guilty when I'm going through a rough time and all of a sudden I start calling out to God and I'm yeah, like, yeah. why wasn't I doing this so much earlier? Mm. You know? <laughs> and I feel guilty at that time. I'm like, oh, you know, here I am. I'm only calling on you as, you know, I'm, when, I need when I need something. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, I have to be constantly reminded that I need to surrender my entire life to mm. God and my plans. Mm. Like even right now, like I work at the university, I have a great mm. job, mm. I love what I do, but I have no idea what's around the next corner. True. But I don't worry about it. That's right. Because I Come just, on. I know that God has opened doors for me mm. um, since 2008 <laughs> and he's continually shown it yes. for me. Yeah. Yes. So why do I need to worry about what's around the corner? True. I just, I always tell God, and this it relates to addicts too. I said, you don't need to worry, always worried about the future, always mm. worried about mm. the future. And I'm like, you don't need to worry about what's around the next bend. We just need to stay on the sidewalk, mm. you know? Stay safe. You know, and God, when we come to that crossroad, God's going to take us down and, and mm. it's going to be another adventure. But I always come say, on. don't step off that sidewalk because <laughs> once you do that, now you're going to be playing with traffic mm. and you're going to get hit and you're going to get hurt. That's mm. it. So stay on the That's sidewalk true. and just follow that path. And you don't need to know where you're going. Um, God's going to show you. Yeah. And... Um, but yeah, I know that's a long-winded answer for you, but to come back to this, I think God wants a surrender of our heart. Mm. It starts with that. And man, he didn't he didn't show up until he saw me that mm. I was ready and mm. that I come on. I was willing. And yeah. you gave it your all, yeah. And um yeah. I wouldn't change it for the world. 
people, no, some people, it's funny. I share my story sometimes. Like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? I do it all over again. Yeah. Mm. You know, because that's what God's, you know, he gives us free will to make choices in life, but mm-hmm. no matter how far we remove ourselves from him, he will always provide a path back mm. to him. And so I say, there's no sheep that's too far away from mm. him that he won't come and save, save them. That's true. So, yeah. That's so true. I think sometimes, yeah, we forget the whole, well, as Christians, we always say Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And I guess we get the Savior part really well, but sometimes you forget yeah. the Lordship part. And in, in him being Lord, of course, we have to surrender everything because he now we're us. subjected to yeah. him, right? And I think even as you were sharing your story earlier, how you even made that pact with him that, you know, I'm going to do everything for you. And yeah. now that you have, like, <laughs> yeah. to see your journey from, yeah. you know, point A to point B now, it's like, wow, only God could have really brought Justin there. Yeah. You know, like, even for us personally, we've had our, our experience where, this is only God. Like yeah. we can't take credit. We don't have the skills. We don't have yeah. the talents. Like nada. You know what? And the funny thing, it reminds me of another story real quick, real <laughs> nope, quick. Yeah, so when I was ahead. there working with, uh, back working in the facility, uh, another biker guy <laughs> and uh, he was very rough around the edges and tattoos everywhere. Mm. And he came up to me one day, he goes, Justin, how, how in the heck is God going to use a guy mm. like me come to on, minister to on. people? And I looked at him, I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, you can access people that I never could. Come on. That's it. That is and true. they will listen to you. They won't listen to me. Mm-hmm. So everyone, everyone got, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to have some crazy testimony no. mm-hmm. to win people to the Lord. Like, um, you know, I, I would work with guys who'd say, well, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to become a priest. And I said, <laughs> I don't think God's calling you to be a priest. <laughs> He's like, I'm a plumber. I said, good, great. Go be a plumber. Come but you on. know what? Yeah. God's going to use you and put people in your life. Yes. And you'll know when that opportunity yes. comes. Mm-hmm. And you just be faithful with that. Mm. You know, just be always be willing to be ready. That's yes. it. For the unexpected. <laughs> you know, and boy, it'll come. They it's come, usually they come all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's true though, where you can never put. You can't structure him per se. Like you have to actually give room for him to move in Mm -hmm. your life because then that's kind of the thrill of it too, where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know you do. So I'll let you do that. But it's so true. Some people kind of get caught off guard where I want to minister to this person, but I can't because this is my scenario where you actually have your own sphere of influence that somebody in the church Mm -hmm. might not be able to influence. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with you sharing your story today too, it's just such a reminder that, you know, there's always hope. Yeah. If you place your, your yes. trust in, in Jesus and in his lordship, you can go places that you would never yeah. imagine. Yeah, and if you don't know Christ, open up a book, open up the Bible and just start like John. Mm-hmm. John's a great place to start in the New Testament because it's all about Jesus, <laughs> who he was, his life, his mm-hmm. ministry, his, his work here on, on, on earth. And, um, you know, uh, or even like, uh, have you guys watched The Chosen? Have you seen that? I've seen episodes. Seen episodes yes. Oh my goodness, it's great. <laughs> like I, I, would re- I would recommend anyone to watch that. You can mm-hmm. download the app, it's free. Yeah, free. And my wife and I love it because they, they, they make Jesus so real. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the other the movies scenarios, are, yeah. are really good, but they mm-hmm. really bring him as a person with a with a personality on, mm-hmm. on Quite earth. Quite a character. It was, yeah, no, and we love it. And you know, I think those are great intro, introductory ways of pe- mm-hmm. introducing people mm-hmm. to the ministry of Jesus. And you don't have to worry about 
understanding all these different words of theology. <laughs> just, you know around. what? Yeah. It'll come around. You just trust God and, and, and he, he knows who you are. He knows everything yes. about you. Yeah. And you just start talking to him. But you know, one of the biggest things that were, uh, uh, worked for me is I'd go for a walk mm. every walk. day for a half hour when I got out of recovery. <laughs> and that was my time that I would just communicate yes. with the Lord. I would just walk around Your my block time. and I would just be having these conversations That's with it. him. And it was so healing to me to do that. It's your communion with him. Yeah. yeah. Date time. That's right. Which is so true because I think that's important where in that moment of communion or being able to communicate with him, there's such an intimacy there. And you can never replace that or try to replicate that. That's kind of your your thing with him, which each and every one of us have our, our own niche, I guess, to go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one last question before we end. What can you, well, not question, but more of a, I guess, statement. Um, what would you say for the listeners that, maybe going through the same thing that you have dealt with in the past, you know, how can you encourage them, you know, and, and what would you say to them if they are kind of in that dark path and, you know, at their wits end now? Yeah. I mean, that's tough. I mean, everyone's situations are different, but Mm -hmm. I I think like I mentioned before that sometimes during our darkest times is, is an opportunity for us to get closer to God. Mm. And so I would just I would recommend them to just surrender everything Mm. at the foot of the cross and say, Christ, I need you. I need you. I need your help. Be real. Mm. And he'll be there. He knows exactly what you need. Come on. And um, have faith and trust and walking. Stay on that sidewalk. Don't worry about what's around the bend. Just trust in God's plan for your life. Keep it simple every day. Wake up, pray, God, I need your help today. Mm. It's going to be a rough day. I need your help. End your day the same way. God, Thank you for getting me through today. Yes. You know, recharge my batteries tonight as I go to bed and Come on. pray for tomorrow, you know. And you know what? Um, just keep doing that. Reach out to people. Mm. That's what the body of Christ yes. is there for. We're That's there to it. iron sharpens iron, Come you on. know. Go and um, especially guys aren't good at talking about stuff. <laughs> go out, them, express yourself, talk to good. someone. There are guys Come on. that uh, it was really healing for me mm. to just get all that stuff right. off my chest and talk. So there are people that want to walk beside you yeah. and encourage you and um, go find a church. Just sit in the back row of the pew. <laughs> Do they have, even have pews anymore? I don't know. Go find a chair, chair and just, yeah. just slip in the back and mm. just allow God to start ministering to you. First is last, last is first. That's right. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And man, if you think you're you're not good enough for God, mm. you are so wrong. That's he, he loves yes. you. He, he loves the broken. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Justin, thank you so much for... Thank you guys. Sharing this. Man, I, I love so what you guys are doing. I pray that God uses you to, thank you. to reach tons of people out there Come and have pe- different people on with different stories. <laughs> and so I love it. I think yes. it's great. Yes. Thank you again. I am honored to hear your story. Yes. And I'm, I hopefully, you know, if you guys are listening right now and if you guys want to connect with Justin, we'll link his info in the description yeah, box. please do. Reach out. So I'd love to hear from you. I know you guys have questions probably for him. Invite so. him to your church. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know, he speaks to the youth. He speaks to yeah. the recovery guys. He's open to anybody. There you go. But until next time, everybody, God bless. God bless you all. Thanks. God bless. <laughs>